everybody, Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt. And I'm so excited to have today's guest, who's an industry you know, pioneer. He's one of the, the guys who literally stepped up to the plate when no one else was thinking about doing this and turned this into one of the most successful, I think, cannabis organizations in the country today. He's the founder and CEO of the Flora recreational cannabis he got a start in cannabis industry back in 2009 when he was awarded one of the first five cultivation licenses in colorado and since then he's grown his business into a multi-state enterprise engaged in cultivation retail extraction and branding guys please welcome mr pepe Britton to the show hey buddy hey how are you so good to see you it's been a long time how you been that been great man last time i saw you was at the last year's 420 celebration in Denver. I know. That was so much fun with you. Uh, we're hoping to have you again this year, but, you know, due to the pandemic and COVID, we had to reschedule it for next year. So hopefully you can join us next year, please. I'll try for sure. I'll tell you, that was the, really just a, a highlight. I don't know how many, how many people were at that, in, at that day. What, 50,000, 60,000? A record from other years, and I think like 70,000, 80,000 people. I, I that's it was incredible for those of you who uh, uh, weren't able to be in Denver, Colorado last year on 420 Day. I mean, it was literally one of the most amazing events that I've ever been to. Period, where you see about seventy thousand people, just masses of people at the same time in a field, and though we even told them don't light up at the same moment. There's a cloud that just took over Colorado, Denver, Colorado that day at, uh, at exactly 420. So it was amazing. And the event was really well done, really nicely done. No, you actually, uh, I think you kind of made it. You set the tone. Uh, we had you do a speech. And I think that you know, your speech was so motivational. And I think everybody just, you know, seemed to click with you. And you just made it great. I actually have a picture from it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, that's great. We got Ti there. That's a snapshot of the event with eighty thousand people. I mean, just look at the look at the masses, the throngs of people over your shoulder. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, such a good uh, skyline, and uh, just an awesome job that the city of Denver uh, lets us do and put together. You know, right in their backyard. That's a uh, Great event. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see you next year. I mean, and, and it's a testament to you being able to pull off an event like that, even though, you know, Denver is, of course, you know, the first city to really go full recreational the way they did and, and implementing the cannabis initiatives that they've done. But you set yourself really apart from all the other providers in the region, and that's the reason why they allow you to put on an event like that. Yeah. Yeah, we actually took on the event. Uh, a few people were putting it together. Uh, been going on for like ten years, and it just keeps growing and growing. You know, say the first time I went, it was like two, three thousand people, ten thousand, twenty thousand. So every year it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And even people from out of state and even in the world, uh, it's now turning to be a worldwide event that people went from. Uh, had a ton of people from Europe last year. Um, but yeah, we've just been working really hard on it. And every year that we put it together, we try to make it safer and try to please the city, um, you know, with different laws they have. And they incorporate every, every year they incorporate new laws just so it doesn't get out of control. And I think we've done a great job mitigating that and making the city uh, feel safe. 
Yeah, and the city, the city should be proud of being able to host an event like this, and you do them pride, uh, proud. So, I, I, again, I thank you for letting me participate. And, you know, anybody who's watching right now should make sure or tuned in to Let's Be Blunt. Make sure you set your sights on next year to be in Denver, Colorado on 420 Day for what will, and have no question, be the biggest 420 celebration in the world. Yeah, and let's remind uh, everybody, it's a free event. Uh, you just literally have to show up and just join the celebration. Absolutely. You have vendors and you have all kinds of stuff going on. It was really just a fabulous thing. You had TI there. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I, I, I was really impressed. Well, let's, uh, let's get started. Let's back up a little bit because people don't know about you, Pepe, and, and I think they really should. Let's back up. Where are you from and, you know, where did you grow up and... What led you to where you are today? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, you know, actually, if you would have asked me 10 years ago before I started this, if I would have ever saw myself where I am today, and I would have said, uh, absolutely not, you're crazy. Uh, but uh, to your first question, I am from uh, Mexico City. I moved down here when I was 16. And I mainly moved down here just because I want to learn English and, you know, just live here for a little bit and go through high school at least. And uh, ended up doing that, moved from Mexico City, didn't speak any English, uh, moved down here, learned English my first year in high school. Um, graduated from high school, then I decided, okay, well, you know, maybe let's go to college here. And then what's an education from the U.S., I can go back to Mexico and have more opportunities. Uh, so I did that, uh, graduated from college uh, with a marketing finance degree. And uh, I always wanted to be my own business. Uh, so I actually, you know, looked at different opportunities, uh, such as, you know, just something that was my own business that I could own. And, and you started off in corporate America, correct? Yeah. I started uh, selling dental implants and I was actually doing, I was a stockbroker at some point. Uh, so that's where my finance degree kind of falls on. And yeah, I was in the eight to five, you know, Monday through Friday. And shortly after a year and a half, I just realized that that just wasn't really my gig. And I just had to figure something out to be my own boss. And then what made you think cannabis, though? I know that's a crazy thing because I've actually uh, I'm not a user uh, myself. Uh, you know, I, I have I can sleep great. I don't have any you know health issues or anything so I, i'm not actually a user of cannabis uh but actually you know i started seeing and learning from a lot of people that had a lot of medicinal uses and then uh back in 2010 with the Augment memo came out uh, a few dispensaries starting opening up in colorado and it was just blowing all over the news and i said at the time like hey you know i had a thirty thousand dollars savings i said what can i do with this and like I said, I never even smoked marijuana, seen marijuana. So the closest thing I knew is that if you can grow tomatoes, you can grow marijuana. So uh, that's kind of how it got started uh, with that. I was like, okay, I want to be in the industry, but I just didn't even know how to do it. And you first wanted you started off in the industry, not as a dispensary owner, but as a grower. Correct. Yeah. Um like I said, dispensaries weren't really allowed, but cultivation was. And at the time, it was a whole uh, caregiver model. Um, 
So at the time I said, okay, who do I know that can cultivate? And I had a friend that grew tomatoes uh, in his uh, multi-million dollar mansion with his parents uh, on top of his roof. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, Bobby, how would you like to join me uh, starting uh, growing marijuana? And he said, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if my parents are going to like that. Um, so me and him started uh, from $30,000 uh, cultivation facility in Colorado. And at the time, there were not a lot of regulations. Uh, so we literally went to the city, started talking to them, and they started giving us some guidance. And after about a year, we literally built this greenhouse uh, ourselves. And we we're one of the first five uh, fully permitted and uh, inspected uh, houses in Denver, Colorado. And they limited the number of those licenses that they gave out, correct? No, uh, Denver was actually pretty open. And for the first three, four years, it was kind of like, hey, just come in with an application, uh, apply, uh, get inspected, and you get your license. Uh, it wasn't until about 2015 that they put in a moratorium uh, but at the beginning, it was very open, which uh, I think it's great. Uh, like minorities like me and people with not a lot of resources that they were allowed to give out so many licenses. Because now in new states like, you know, in Florida, for example, uh, you know, only a few lucky ones got those licenses and you needed millions and millions of dollars. So I think Colorado grew so strong because everybody was able to participate like minorities like me with little money. Gotcha. And and so then you went from being a grower to having your own dispensary line. Yeah, so started as a cultivator, and literally we were like, oh my god, we're gonna get rich in by our second harvest, right? You do the math, and you're like, oh, two pounds per light, and we're gonna have six harvests a year at four thousand dollars a pound, and literally we uh, huge surprise, we had a four year learning curve. Uh, because it's not as easy as uh, people like to think that, you know, you just jump in the industry and you become rich overnight. Uh, it really didn't happen for, you know, four or five years that we started making money, learned the process of cultivating. And then once uh, 2014 hit that uh, recreational marijuana was allowed, I said, hey, you know, what a great spot if I can open up a dispensary on 16th Street Mall, which is one of the most visited locations in Colorado. Uh, and just, I think 3.6 million uh, visitors on this street is the main street in Denver. Um, so I decided to open up a store and that's how uh, Euflora, the concept, uh, was born. And they, they dubbed you kind of like the Amazon or the uh, Apple store of uh, dispensary, right? When you first opened? Yeah, back in 2014. So I like to, uh, you know, take pride on this. We uh, we were one of the first stores that was named uh, Apple Store Cannabis by uh, CBS News. Uh, they came down and with my experience with marijuana, since I didn't have a lot, uh, I kind of saw myself, okay, if you're going to go to a dispensary, you want to make it super user-friendly and not intimidating like all the other dispensaries, right? Where it's a one-on-one -on -one with the bartender and the bartender asks you, like, hey, uh, what do you want, indigo sativa? And you're like, uh, what does that mean? Uh, so I wanted to make it where it was an open space where people felt comfortable. And that's kind of where we ended up with, uh, you know, different tablets everywhere. 
and people can shop on their own pace. Uh, we have bartenders walking around. So if you have any specific questions, you can talk to them. Or if you just want to shop on your own and not be intimidated, you can do that. Yeah, well, let's give people, a, a, you know, if you can, um, a visualization of what your dispensary looks like. And I'll say it for you. It's like, you know, you have multiple. It's, it's almost like walking into an Apple store. You walk in, there are multiple tables, several different um, iPads or that are out. And the iPads has basically your menu on it, correct? Uh, it's more specific to that. So, yeah, you walk in, uh, you for the most part, in all of our stores, we try to make them very consistent. Uh, you have four tables. Uh, on each table, we have five strains of marijuana per. And then we have as display a iPad. And that iPad has the strain right next to it. So you can actually lift up the product, be able to uh, pick up the jar, uh, even smell it. And then on the iPad, you actually have the description of that specific strain. So... It will give you their medicinal values. Uh, it will tell you all the THC levels, uh, pictures. Um, in some instances, we actually even have customer reviews where they said, hey, if you have people uh, problems sleeping, uh, take this Indica. Uh, if you want to go out for a hike, this was an amazing strain. Uh, so that's a flower part. And then as you walk around, we have the edible section, uh, we have our drink section, we have our vaporizer section, uh, concentrate section. So I will say, you know, for someone that is just coming in and has never tried marijuana, you know, this is the best way to come in and shop. Uh, so whenever you guys are in Denver or California, make sure you guys uh, go to one of our stores, uh, Euflora. Yeah, I mean, it makes the experience a lot more, like you say, user-friendly because you don't walk in a door and somebody immediately starts yelling at you, what do you want, what do you want, come up here. You know, you, you get to actually to shop at your own pace. For new users out there, yeah, when you go to your typical store, it's like going to the bar, right? There's a bartender there, and in this case, it's a bartender, and you make a line to talk to this bartender. So there's like five people behind you, and you just feel pressure because – you know, you're going to want to see what's their uh, options on flower, for example. And sometimes you have 20 strains, right? Uh, so by the time you're trying to ask all these questions, uh, the butt tender, you know, till you feel a little pressure by the butt tender and the people behind you versus in a store, it's just more open layout. Uh, like I said, shop at your own pace. And we'll always have butt tenders if you have any specific questions. And how tough was it from you for you to basically uh, scale your business up from one store to now you have seven, correct? Seven locations? Yeah, seven locations. Uh, we opened up our Long Beach store uh, in California probably about six months ago. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it was really hard because even, uh, you know, we started in Denver, Colorado, then Aurora, which is the third largest city in Colorado, opened it up. Uh, at this time, it was a point system. So, Whoever who scored the highest will get the licenses. So just when you go from one, even in the same state, from one city to another city, every city makes up their own rules and different regulations, even though you have state regulations. Um, so every store, I have to say, is so different because there's different rules, um, different set, uh, setbacks on zoning. Um, so it's pretty hard, honestly, to go from one store to six store, but, uh, pretty much the way we were able to do it, I just been parlaying all the money that I've been making 
in the last uh, six, seven years in the stores, realistically. And every month, every dollar we make, uh, we put 80 cents back to the business and we put it on cultivation or we put it on manufacturing uh, infused products or into new stores. And right now, there's just so many things going on with uh, in Colorado, they're going to start allowing doing deliveries. So that's another aspect now that we're going very heavy at, which will be delivery. Uh, coming up. I, I would think that during this COVID uh, crisis, and I, I believe that Colorado made cannabis an essential service, did it not? Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, very, very lucky uh, to be one of the few industries that was allowed to stay open. And uh, for people that don't know Colorado, it, it was kind of funny how it happened. Uh, the state says, hey, whatever the city allows you to do, we're okay. And for example, in Denver, uh, Mayor Hancock, with you actually met at the 420 event. Uh, we have a few pictures of them. Um, it, it was funny because I was actually watching the news at one of the stores, and he starts saying, okay, so these are the businesses that are allowed. And, you know, he names all the business, uh, you know, pharmacies, uh, hospitals. And then he says, and businesses that are not allowed are uh, liquor stores and dispensaries. And literally, I'm at the store, and within four minutes, just lines and lines out the door of people that are, like, coming in because they're like, hey, we're not going to have dispensaries for, you know, who knows? And literally, five minutes after, the mayor twits and says, hey, never mind. Uh, we're going to keep sto uh, liquor stores and dispensaries open. So, you know, somebody called him right away and said, hey, just because you close enough, people are making lines of this. And at the time, of course, you wanted to keep, you know, the uh, social distance. So there was no social distance in liquor stores or dispensaries by people waiting. So that was pretty interesting how it happened. We were shut down for, you know, virtually five minutes. And then he came back and reopened it because people were gone nuts without their liquor and, and marijuana. Now, then, were you able to sh shift over to curbside pickup rather than in the store pickup, or how were you able to do it? You you now can do can you do delivery now? Uh, no, so you can only do medical delivery, but recreational will come live in 2021. Uh, but that's a great question, Montel. So yeah, um, they close down, then they open up, and then they said, okay, now that you're open up, we're going to allow you to do curbside. Uh, but on the curbside, uh, it was in the parking lot. And the state regulates that. Uh, they want every transaction to be under a camera. So when you're going to the parking lot, you know, they're not seeing who you're giving it to. It could be a minor or, you know, they can, it could be, you know, uh, fake ID or, um, you know, my, uh, like I said, a minor. So because of that, the state, after a few days, they came back and said, hey, you know, uh, never mind. Uh, now we're going to let people go indoor. So people were placing the orders on the phone. Uh, people were placing the orders online. And then we're allowing them to come into the store. But we're only allowing five people at a time. So it was literally change after change every other day. But at least the state and the cities were pretty uh, friendly with the uh, industry, which, you know, was a great thing. And I think it's uh, great because it gives us, uh, it gives us literally, right? Uh, where it, also, it gives you a little flexibility. Yeah. 
So now, so now you can't deliver curbside. They still have to come inside to do the pickups so that they're seen by camera. Correct. Yeah, they only did the curbside in the parking lot for a few days, and then they switched to in store. Got you. Got you. And now, have you seen? And well, since you have, you're not doing delivery, have you seen your sales go up or go down during this pandemic? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And we have a few locations that are very uh, tourist uh, oriented, right? Uh, so, for example, we have a store in Aspen. Uh, in Aspen, they closed down the city completely. So, nothing was able to stay open. Uh, we were able to stay open, but our sales went down 90%. Uh, then we have another touristy location that is on 16th Street Mall, our first store. And that went down, uh, to give you an idea on numbers, uh, we used to do about $35,000 a day, and it went down to $2,500 a day. Um, so those, store, those stores took a hit. And then the other stores that we have that you know, are in neighborhoods, uh, those actually did really good. Uh, but I think overall as a company, you know, we stay flat, which you know, we're very lucky to, that we're able to stay open unlike other businesses. Well, well, you know, it's, it's been this interesting discussion I've had with several people from multiple different states. The fact that it seems that right now during the pandemic and the lockdown, more people have been opting to go to a dispensary, especially in adult use states, than go to a liquor store. You are, or have you seen any trend like that or just flat? Uh, no, it, it actually, uh, like I said, in the stores that we have uh, loyal customers that come in every day. Those stores have been up, you know, 10, 15, 20% uh, compared to that. And yeah, uh, you know, even with close friends, they they said, hey, now that I've tried marijuana, I actually don't even drink anymore. So yeah, I think the, you know, big liquor companies are starting to notice that marijuana is taking a little bit of share from their business. Absolutely. And then do you think, I mean, I, I, I feel pretty strongly that, this trend is going to continue. I think there are more and more people who, number one, realize that they didn't want the significant weight gain that they were finding by sitting at home drinking two, three, four, or five beers a day and banging down two, three, four, five shots a day. So they're starting to say, hmm, I don't put on the weight. The munchy thing isn't real. I don't put on the weight that I thought I was going to put on with cannabis. And you know what? I don't feel as groggy in the morning the next day with cannabis. So do you think this trend is going to continue? Yeah, no, you'll be amazed, uh, Montel, uh, just like you said, the droggy side of it. Uh, we have so many customers that come in and not just with liquor, uh, even pharmaceuticals. Uh, we have people that said, hey, I used to do Lunesta or Ambien in order to go to sleep. And now I come in and I buy an Indica gummy and just so half of it uh, right before I want to go to sleep. And they're like, I sleep like a baby, wake up feeling amazing. And when you look at, you know, the beneficials of, you know, on your body, it's a lot healthier to the marijuana than a pharmaceutical. Uh, and then when you look at pricing too, uh, these people are like, hey, I'm spending $18 for, you know, two weeks. And they're like with Ambien and Lunesta, they're like, it's way more expensive than, than the gummies. And yeah, if I'm buying a fifth of buying a bottle of wine every day, it, that's, a, you know, you know, I drink a rock guts, people probably spending 20, 25 bucks a day on wine. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's people that, you know, have not just one bottle, I have two bottles a day, right? 
So yeah, essentially now, you know, marijuana is the one thing that the price keeps going lower. I don't know any other uh, products that keep the price keeps going lower. So, you know, we're, we're in the right, we're on the right path, I think. Well, you know, now Colorado and California are considered, you know, the most saturated markets there are right now in this industry. And how tough is it for you to maintain your market share in an industry that is so saturated? Uh, you know, I think uh, we've been doing it for so long. And the nice part about Colorado is that they put in a moratorium now. So there's not any new stores opening up. Um, so Colorado, we're pretty lucky. Now we're just in a plateau per se. Uh, but people know, you know, what brands they like, uh, what stores they want to go to. So, yeah, even though it's very competitive, um, I think it's so established now that, you know, our numbers have been pretty flat and, and we're just happy with that, uh, with all the six stores we have. Uh, California is totally a different animal. Um, I joined California about a year ago, uh, about uh, one of the 32 licenses that they give out in Long Beach. And I didn't win it. I went and bought it on the secondary market, uh, spent like $4 million on this one license. And my hope at the time when I looked at it from a business perspective, I said, okay, once the state and the cities realize all the money that they're going to be making from taxes and licensing fees, et cetera, I think they're going to go and try to kill the black market. Um, that really hasn't happened. Uh, California has a large, large presence of, uh, I call it black market and, and the gray market. Um, but it makes it very competitive uh, when you're a legal store in California because you have all this home delivery services, uh, you have all this caregiver uh, systems, right? Uh, so California is very, very competitive. Uh, if I had to go maybe back a year ago, I wouldn't have gone into California and maybe expand in Colorado or other new markets. Right. And what is your idea that I mean, now, right now you're just in Colorado, California, you're planning on expanding into any other, any other states? Yeah, we have uh, we're opening up three stores in Oklahoma, uh, probably towards the end of the year. Uh, due to COVID, you know, we kind of paused everything, and the cities are taking longer to uh, get your permits and get inspections going. Uh, we have a license in Massachusetts uh, for cultivation and manufacturing, and we're looking at getting uh, two to three retail stores in Massachusetts. And like uh, me and you always talk, you know, we're trying to get a, I'm trying to get a Florida license because uh, I, I believe the next big market will be Florida. So I'm still going to help you out down here if you want. Look, I got to do, uh, got to do a little uh, bill paying myself. So I got to take a little break for a second. Let me take a break and then we'll be back right after this to continue our conversation. And we're talking today on Let's Be Bunt with Mr. Pepe Benton, who is the Founder and CEO of Euflora in Colorado, California, now Massachusetts, and soon to be Florida. Hopefully, we'll be back and continue that conversation. Thanks so much for tuning in today to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're tuned in to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And today's guest is the founder and CEO of Euflora Recreational Cannabis out of Colorado. He got a start in the cannabis industry back in 2009 when he was awarded one of the very first of five cultivation licenses in Colorado. Pepe Benton, thank you so much for being here with us. Breton, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks again for having me, Montel. Absolutely. Now, sir, you know, let's let's talk a little bit just in general. But, you know, we, we are we've seen 
things go up and things go down because of COVID, and we don't know where this is all going to shake itself out, what would your predictions be over the next year? You know, I think we uh, got very lucky that we were considered essential business. Uh, so that's a, that's a great thing, right? I couldn't imagine if for some reason we got shut down, that would have just opened up a black market and kill, you know, more and more jobs than it, it has already killed. Um, so I feel very happy where we stand. I think now from the finance side of it, uh, I was looking to expand to, you know, Florida, for example, and they had a lot of money. Uh, so just with COVID, that's just going to stop uh, investment, I think. And it's just going to slow down uh, bigger groups that are going to come in with money, right? Because now as an investor, I think people look at it and they want to go to safer uh, investments than marijuana. So it's going to slow us down a little bit, but I think in the grand scheme, we got very lucky to be considered essential business. And you think it'll, the, the industry is going to bounce back in the next year or so, correct? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, in about a year or two, and maybe it's a good thing because things were starting to explode and, you know, you start seeing all this uh, MSOs and public companies that, you know, had a ton of money and crazy valuation. So I think it was a good stop uh, just for people to come back to reality and, you know, really take a look at what true valuations are and where the industry needs to go. Well then, okay. Now what's next for you, Flora and for Pepe? Uh, oh my God. We're so busy. Uh, so many things going on. Uh, every market is different. Uh, Colorado, we're looking at delivery. Uh, they just starting allowing uh, public consumption lounges. Uh, so we have a great space on the 16th Street Mall that we're looking at uh, opening up. So that could be, you know, one of the first lounges uh, in the city of Denver. I am, you know, exactly on 16th Street Mall. Uh, so that delivery there uh, in California, we're doing uh, our edible brand in Oklahoma. We're trying to open up stores, do an edible brand, um, Massachusetts. Um, as far as the whole company, you know, we're in between uh, raising money. Uh, we've got a lot of offers on the table from public companies to buy us out or go public. So it's uh, very exciting. We got lots going on and lots of moving parts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. So Pepe, so what's going on in your personal life, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, my beautiful daughter, which you met, uh, Bob, she's doing great. Uh, you know, kids grow like crazy. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting your kids. Uh, amazing kids, by the way. Uh, so yeah, personal life, just, uh, you know, trying to take care of my daughter and expand the business and just uh, trying to be like you one day. Ah, and I'm trying to be like you one day. Well, you know, I mean, we've been working on uh, several different new initiatives. And of course, Let's Be Blunt is out there and we're still moving that forward as best we can. And, um, you know, I'm looking at trying to figure out, though, what we need to do to really boost this industry. I think one of the biggest issues that we've been having, I think, in the industry at all, at all is education, 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 though we've done such a great job at educating from B to B standpoint, I don't think we're still doing a good job educating B to C, the consumer, and giving the consumer the right information they need to make, you know, the right judgments and to actually navigate the space. What do you think? You got any, any points of view on uh, what we can do? To no, I, mean, I think that's what I love what you're doing, right? Because you know so much. I mean, I've talked to you, uh, you know, many, many times and, you know, every time, 
I see you as a mentor and you just know so much about different topics and marijuana specifically. And, you know, every time we talk about you, you want to be an advocate and you want to educate people. So uh, we're truly relying on, you know, people like you to really, you know, help us out and get the message across, uh, you know, all the benefits of this marijuana plan. And, and not only, uh, you know, physical for people, but just for the states and, and raising taxes and all the money that it creates and the legitimacy of this business. And how, you know, opening up one store, you know, it helps out building jobs. Uh, you know, you, you hire contractors, you buy insurance. And there are just so many, many attributes of this industry that people need to know, right? As, as long as, uh, along with the medicinal values that you've been advocating for. Great. Well, look, sir, if, we want to, if anybody want to get any more information about Eufluor, where do they go? What's, what, where, how can I get more information? Uh, so our website, eufluorausa.com. And uh, yeah, please check out our stores. Uh, in Colorado, we have six stores. And California, Long Beach. And we're getting ready to open up one in Palm Springs, Oklahoma to come. And check us out in Massachusetts maybe uh, late next year. Well, I will uh, testify myself. I think that that storage you have in uh, Colorado, the ones that I've been to, and I've also visited you know, your production facility and think that you guys are really working at some of the highest standards in the business. So you are a definite trend center uh, center there, uh, Pepe, and I hope you wish you more success. And I hope that anybody who's been tuned in, you, you understand if you go to Colorado, you know where to drop by. You drop by your flora, and I guarantee you'll be well-treated and You'll love your experience. You make sure you tune into the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel.